Welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyrics ever. With the juvenile flush on that one? <laughs> I'm not dealing with that. I'm not dealing with that crap. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. And we're back. This is Chris this week with Anthony. Uh, we're going without Jimmy this week. He's on vacation. Hopefully he'll tune in and listen to us. But uh, anyway, this week we're doing uh, The Lumineers, uh, or the album Cleopatra by The Lumineers. Came out in 2016. Anthony, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good, man. It's kind of fun just to uh, hang out and listen to some different music today. And uh, We miss you, Jimmy, but we'll be back next week with... Uh, Alice in Chains, right? Next week, <laughs> Alice in Chains. Yes, say that's that again. We'll be back Alice with. in Chains. Okay, that is okay, correct. Right. Yeah, how, <laughs> how are you enjoying that one so far? By the way, one full listen and two stops. So, <laughs> sorry, Jimmy. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I think I I'm think trying. this album we're gonna do this week. Jimmy might feel the same way about that you feel about the Alice in Chains, but you're powering through on that one, so I'll give you credit, man. Yeah. Well, do you have a tagline for us this weekend? I actually do. I don't know if it's any good or not. Uh, I I wrote, uh, time to get up and stop sleeping on the floor. It's the Audible Ecstasy podcast. That's good. I like it. Very good. Very good. All right. The first song on this album is Sleep on the Floor. That was Sleep on the Floor. I don't know about you, Anthony, uh, but I think this is a fantastic opener on this album. I've always enjoyed this song. And, you know, I remember uh, about a year ago, I watched a video of these guys. It was an entire concert. It was in Paris, of all places. I mean, you wouldn't think they'd have a huge following in Paris. (laughs) But they absolutely, like, and this is kind of a slow-paced song, even though it does have a build to it. But these guys absolutely just... The whole crowd was just absorbed the second this song came on. It was, it was pretty powerful the way they did it. Uh, I think lyrically it's a fantastic song. 
the chorus is one that kind of gets stuck in your head. I say that a lot. I know that's one of my go-tos, but it, but it's true on this it's song. It's like bombastic for me. It's <laughs> exactly. For me too, so. I mean, this is in their top spot, a five on Spotify, which is a little surprising. I, they, this was a release. I went and checked through their, their, really? their, they released four songs on this album. I don't actually remember this one ever being on the radio, though, as far as that goes. But it's it's very popular in concert. I mean, we're talking like over 200 million streams on this song just on Spotify. Wow, so that's that's, that's quite a few for something that I don't even remember getting released. <laughs> uh, I think it's an outstanding way to start the album. I gave it eight and a half to, to start. So. Well, I'm up a notch. I gave it a nine. Um, okay. It's an outstanding song. Outstanding way to lead the album in. I like that spooky intro, the way it comes in. Even my kids are like, what is that? That's spooky. You know, I was like, yeah, it's kind of spooky. I like it. Uh, I like the way the song builds, the way the song sounds. I'm going to say that a lot tonight. I love the way these songs build. Mm. And the great I'm chorus. That a lot tonight too. Yeah. Uh, the lead singer sounds great. I'm going to say that a lot too. His voice is so passionate. I love passionate, passion in your voice. You know, I love that right. in the music. And his is perfect. And like I said, I bet this song is awesome live with the crowd singing every note. Uh, like you were talking about in Paris. I bet you it's just powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really enjoy it, man. It's a nine. It's an outstanding song in my mind. So great way to lead an album in. Sounds like we're both in agreement on that. All right. The second song is a little track called Ophelia, which is one of their biggest hits of all time. So here we go. It was a pretty big hit for them when it was on the radio. It's very catchy. Uh, a little surprising on this one. Over 800 million streams on Spotify. That's getting like Michael Jackson levels of, of streaming <laughs> right there. Well, they're popular, uh, I was surprised so. when I saw that. They only have two songs that are that high. The other was their on their first album, their first hit. But uh, yeah, that's a lot for them. And uh, I, I was a little surprised because I like this song, but I don't think it's the best song on the album, personally. I, really? It's okay. it's well, I, I don't think it's the best. It's it's good. It, it is. Uh, I think I like the peppy, upbeat, uh, vert, you know, style of it. I guess I like the chorus um, too a lot. I like the chorus. I like the way the pian- piano kind of dances around yeah, the track on this too. too. Yeah, Tinks as far as piano, that goes. I like that. Anthony, I don't, I don't know if you caught this, but to me. And this isn't the only song I feel this way about. Sounds like they're almost recording this thing in like a hallway with a little bit of a little bit of reverb and echo in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, I could hear that. And, and I think that's a good thing. I think it was intentional, and I think it fits the song. 
But it's strange because I don't think I'd recommend most bands do that. I'd love to see the setup they had when they recorded this because I do feel like it's maybe in like a, a hallway with a little bit of echo to it or something. I can uh, hear it almost gives it like it a haunting again. sound, you know what I mean? As far as I, I need to listen to it again. Maybe they recorded it in a way in a studio that was a little more echoey or something. For, I, I mean, I think it was intentional. I don't think it was just by accident because I feel like it gives like this kind of haunting sound to his vocals sometimes. The guy's name is Wesley Schultz, by the way. Uh, I'm going to call him Wes from now on. I don't know if that's what he goes by or not, but I just don't like calling him man Wesley. I feel like Wes is like more of a, I don't know, man. We're on first name basis at this point. So anyway, uh, for me, like I me gave it, and I might be a little low on this. I gave it another eight and a half for this song. Uh, I know it's a huge hit for him, but uh, again, it's not my favorite song on the album. And like I said, I was a little surprised it had over 800 million streams. I figured big down on that two, 300 million mark like the rest of these songs on this album. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, it's a popular song, popular band, yeah. so it doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah. You know, as a sidebar, talking about recording odd locations, it's not related to this at all, but anyways, it topped it in my head. L.A. Guns <laughs> just did a show where their guitarist had to actually record, not record, play the show from a bathroom because he has like an anxiety <laughs> and fear and all this kind of stuff. And he gets really worked up in front of a crowd, I guess. So they found a way to have him play in the bathroom live while they played on stage. And he had a camera back there through one of the feeds and everything. I found that weird. That is insane. Those weird said, facts you learned. It was, was a guitar player, you said? He was a guitar player, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, so at least it wasn't a lead singer. Coming in. No, but they it found a still way. still weird, but. They said it made, they ran chords and everything into the bathroom and. There's video online of him jamming out in the bathroom. So, anyways, that popped into my head when you said that. But, anyways, back to our <laughs> episode today. Um, I got some song facts on this one. Uh, this was the first track written and recorded for Cleopatra. This was the cornerstone for the record. Band member Jeremiah Freights, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, told What Kick JY, geez, big word, weird word, once we finished and completed Ophelia. I felt like it was easier to proceed finishing the album. Ophelia was a cornerstone of this album. For whatever reasons, it was just easier to proceed and shed all the pressure of having to deliver a second album. It became fun again to write, and that was a burst of joy to feel that again after touring for so long, playing similar sets night after night. The idea of new music was ecstasy. And this is a cool fact too. This originally had horns courtesy of the players from the Bruce Springsteen E Street Band. Really? According wow. to Song Facts. That's interesting. Search it out on your own, make sure it's true, but according to Song Facts, that's what they said. So that's kind of cool to learn that they're that popular that the horns from Bruce will come in and say, yeah, we'll play background uh, on you. So. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure this is just their second album, man. So like, it's not like they've been around for a long time at this point, you know? I know. To get Springsteen's band to come in and want to play a song with you, that's pretty amazing, really. If song Where facts they open is... for them? Do you think they, they might open for them in the first t- on their first tour or something? I don't know. I didn't see anything about that, but it wouldn't exactly. surprise me. I could, they could easily fit into yeah. a, a Springsteen crowd. But, uh, yeah. uh, <clears throat> man, this is another nine for me. Um I love the tinkling piano, keys, and peppy beat throughout the song. I like the way this one grooves and moves. And once again, I'm going to say this a lot, the lean singer sounds so amazing. I love the passion in his voice. Enjoy all the stuff going on in the background as well. It's another outstanding song. You know, two bangers to lead this album in. And spoiler alert, it's not getting any less on the next one either. So, <laughs> Yeah, the next one's great. Okay, well, let's move on to the next one. The third track is 
The title track is called Cleopatra. I was Cleopatra. I was young and an actress when you knelt by my mattress and asked for my hand. But I was sad. You asked it as I laid in a black dress with my father in a casket. I had no plans. Where it's amazing. And I left the footprints, the mud stain on the coffin, and all oh, like my heart did when you left town. But I must admit it, I would marry you in an instant. Damn your wife, I'd be your mistress just to have you around. But I was late for this, late for that. Late for the love of my life And when I die alone When I die alone Die I'll be on time Well yeah. Jim, you get another kind of peppy upbeat song from these guys That doesn't remain true through this whole album We got a lot of ballads no, on the back end coming, I'm sure <laughs> We'll yeah. get into that discussion too But uh yeah, this is a great song, man. And one of my favorites by the Lumineers, Mine period. Too. Still not my favorite on this album, by the way, but but I do love the song. Uh, again, it, like I said, it was the title track. You know, lyrically, I think it, I think with the Americana genre in general, if you're going to be popular in that, you better be a hell of a lyricist. And I think that's where this song really shines when you, when you get to I don't have all the lyrics written in front of me. But, you know, just... I mean, it's obviously a song about, I think, about an actress who he's likening to Cleopatra's life as far as that goes. Somebody who's really pretty, but, uh, you know, at the end of the, of the day, dies alone, you know, kind of thing. Uh, it, it's a great song. It really is. Uh, the chorus, one of these, is just really easy to sing along to. Get stuck. Listen to it one or two times and you know it, man. It's one of those kind of songs. Uh, like I said, I don't know much about the historical figure, Cleopatra, but it sounds like she was... Somebody who, you know, got by her looks her whole life and wound up dying alone and kind of probably maybe a sad situation. I don't, I don't know. That's just kind of what I'm going with on this. This song is a powerful tune. It really is. I think it's perfection for these guys. I'm giving this oh, one a really? 10. I, I think, I think yeah, as far as when I hear this song, it fits them so well and it fits the genre so well. Uh, I, I do think this one's perfection for these guys. Interesting. Yeah, I can I yeah. see that. Uh Little song facts on this one, too. Um, this song is the title track of the album, of course. Uh, and it does say second album here, so this is their second album. Uh, the black and white photo on the record's cover depicts silent movie star Theda Barra in the 1917 production of Cleopatra. And it says, it's such an arresting image, vulnerable but strong. I think a good song is like a beautiful woman. And no matter whether she's wearing something crazy, front of fashion, or old sweatpants, you can still tell she is beautiful, said Schultz. We want to focus on the core, not the illusion. So that's what the song is sort of about. And it's another nine for me. Um, I'm digging the acoustic intro. 
I like the feedback sound of the guitar. And once again, I'm going to say this a lot. I love how this song moves and grooves and builds and the way it ebbs and flows. I can't say good enough, enough good things about this one. The first two songs in this album are all outstanding. And so is this one. Um, and here's some of the lyrics. I wrote some of them down. They just jumped off at me so quick. Yeah. I love this line. And the only gifts from my Lord were a birth and a divorce. But I've read the script and the costume fits. So I'll play my part. I mean, it really paints a picture of just being, playing yeah. your role in life, basically, you know. Yeah. That, that's yeah. great. And then it closes with another powerful set of lyrics. And when I die alone, when I die alone, when I die, I'll be on time. I just, just think about that alone, man. It's when you die alone, you're on time. This is your time to yeah. die. You died at the right time. I exactly. just, I don't know. That's nah, I, just, I know what you mean. That last lyric is always like stuck with me. It's this powerful lyric, man. It really is. I love, I love, you know, great lyrics and songs. I love great song lyrics. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's a nine. By the it's way, outstanding. by the way, the first three songs we've just listened to are all in their top five streams. So like, and they're all nines for me and I can yeah, see this I mean, being a 10. <laughs> I, it felt like a 10 to me because I, I do, Ophelia probably should have been a 10, honestly, but like, I just, I, I prefer this song more. I always have, uh, there's something about these guys that they're such good lyricists. And sometimes you need like some dark lyrics to really kind of pump it up there to a 10. I don't know. You know, speaking, I, of, speaking of songs kind of falling into the back up, they probably could have sprinkled some of these bangers around yeah, a little bit. I think I feel the same way. I was, yeah gonna get I mean, into that in my final notes too. there's only yeah. one song on the back half i kind of gave a little lower mark to the rest are still pretty high but i do feel like they could have balanced out the bangers with uh the deep track so to speak but that's i agree 100 nah you're right yeah all right so the next song is a little tune called gun song well we can play that right now So that was Gun Song. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting song for me, Anthony. I, I kind of was listening to it, trying to kind of decipher the meaning of this one because he doesn't really spell it out so clearly to you. But I'll tell you what I think this song means. I think he's trying to say, you know, my dad's generation was from a different time where they all owned guns and walked around and, and it kind of made them masculine. And, and like his generation don't really need to, own that gun to be masculine you can just be your own kind of guy i think right i might be misreading that a little bit but that's kind of the overall you're, you're sort of on point i read something about this so they, okay so. so you guys okay well that's good to hear 
Uh, I'm curious to hear the, the final line on that. Uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, I guess it is a bit of an anti-gun song, uh, but it's not like over your over the top in your face with it either as far as that goes. You've said this. I'm going to say it on this song big time. The build. Uh, there is such a build in this song to this crescendo at the end as far as that goes. Uh, and you're right. These guys do that a lot. It's kind of their wheelhouse as far as that goes, and they, and they crushed it on this song. This, I'm not going to say this is my dark horse because it wasn't, or... What is that? What we call it? Dark or uh, sleeper of the week? Sleeper of the sleeper week. Sleeper of the week. Uh, this isn't rusty, my sleeper. Right? It was real close. Yeah, we are. We haven't. By the way, this is our first episode in three weeks. So as far as that goes, uh, but yeah, I've, as far as that goes, man, I, I don't think it's that. But it was one that kind of got stuck in my head throughout the week. It kind of like hear it. I'm giving that. Uh, I'm giving that sleeper uh, designation to another song later in the album. But uh, I enjoyed it. I think it's kind of between great and excellent. So I gave this one a seven and a half. Okay. Uh, curious to see where you go with it, Anthony. Yeah, you know, I like the sound of it. Uh, not as much as the three before it, but it still sounds great. I'm going to drop a seven on it. So we're pretty close. Um, I like the acoustic sound of it. The drums keeping the beat. And again, that voice, man, there's so much freaking passion yeah. in his voice. It's amazing. It's a great song, and I did dive into the meaning of it a little bit more, and I don't know the whole story, but apparently Wesley Schultz was, I think his father had just passed away, if I'm not mistaken, and he was going through a sock drawer to find, I guess, socks for the funeral for his dad, I guess, something like that, and he found a gun in there. And so he started thinking about how he didn't really know his dad and the level his dad would have gone to take care of his family. And the song yeah. kind of revolves around that, just to, how far a father's willing to go to protect his kids and the people he loves. And that's kind of what the song is, is generally about. Because um, yeah. he just like, you find your dad's gun, you're like, whoa, he has a gun? What the? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, had no idea, you know. But uh, anyway, that's kind of what I learned that it was about. So if you dive that into the lyrics, you can really read the lyrics and you can kind of think into that. Then you can kind of say, Oh, okay. Yeah. I do see what he's going for here. So yeah. yeah once you know that that's, that's a good point, man. Yeah. But that, so, uh, yeah, pretty interesting. It's kind of what you like, what you were saying a minute ago, sort of like what you were saying about his generation and being macho and growing up with guns and protecting the family. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, and, I never took it as like a, a derogatory type song toward his father's generation. As far as that went, it's just, it, yeah. he notices the differences is kind of what I'm thinking. Like, that's the past, the present. Maybe we don't need these guns kind of thing. That's kind of like the way I was looking at it. But what you said makes sense, too. And that, that one line about, you know, he's like, oh, shit, a Smith & Wesson kind of in the line there. You know, that was <laughs> probably startling. I, I could see that moment of discovery. I, and actually, I kind of wrote that in my notes. It could be like a moment of discovery song. Right. Like, Because I don't know if you've ever like grown up and just all of a sudden come across a gun in your parents' <laughs> drawer or something. But like. I know my dad had one in a safe or something in the closet right, or something. Right. We don't want yeah. one because I don't believe in them, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't like having them in the house. They scare me in the house. But uh, I understand. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a polarizing topic. I, I will say I do have one, but I keep it in a like a little combination safe. Just simply if I heard somebody trying to break in at night, I'd want to be able to protect. But I'm the only one that's combination. Well, Gina does too, but you know, as far yeah. as that goes, uh, got to be cautious it. with it if you own one. When I saw Gun Song as the title, and I was like, what's this about? You know, you're always kind of a little cautious about songs about guns and everything, and especially in this yep. day and age. Um, yeah. Everything's a little prevalent, but 
Great song. I, it's it's slowly getting more and more popular for me the more I listen to it. So. It it definitely is is a builder for the week. It is it's one that just kind of keeps. I could see this one being like the more you listen to, the more you think, yeah, this is a really good song. All right, speaking of really good songs, let's move on to the next one. Uh, spoiler alert, alert! This is my favorite song on the album. It's called Angela. Be high marks. When you left this town with your windows down in the wilderness inside, let the exits pass all the tar and glass to the road and skyline. The strangers in this town, they raise you up just to cut you down. Angela, it's a long time coming. And your Volvo lights lit up green and white with the city's on signs. But you held your course to some distant war in the corners of your mind. From the second time around, your You know, it was hard for me to pick a place on this one. I went with the beginning because I love the, the intro to this song. But this is another one that builds into the crescendo like these guys like to do. Uh, it is my favorite song on the album. I think lyrically, it's flawless. I love that line. Strangers in this town, they raise you up just to cut you down. <laughs> no. I don't know. like If anybody's ever lived in a small town and been around petty people, man... And then this whole song is about him getting the hell out of that town, you know, or, or Angela getting the hell out of that town. Uh, man, powerful song, I think. Right. And it is my favorite. I didn't give it a 10, and I probably I feel bad about that. I, I kind of <laughs> left a little room for interpretation on this. I gave it a nine and a half. I'm going to stick with that, I guess. Uh, probably Cleopatra is a, a more well-rounded song, so I'm going give, to give that one the 10 tonight. Uh, Angela is a great song, though. Uh, I'm, the vocal's fantastic. Uh, again, Wes just crushes it. It's got that haunting sound. You can hear that kind of crack in his voice, you yeah. know, when he sings it. Um, I love how, just the build, man. The acoustic guitar at the, at the beginning and just the way that, oh, my last at the end and that yeah. drum's kicking in. It's just great song, man. Nine and a half for me. Awesome. Awesome, man. Uh, I get a little song facts on this one. Uh, this I really like this story too. I hope it's true. Like I said, I don't know if song facts is like Wikipedia or not. I don't know exactly, but <laughs> we'll, we'll roll with it, man. <laughs> but anyways, that's why I say song facts. Is don't, don't put it on me, put it on song facts. Um, but I do love this little story. Um, it said this tender guitar pick tune finds Wesley Schultz singing about a small town beauty struggling to escape her past. The Lumineers vocalist wrote the song with Cleopatra producer, Simone Felice. During motorbike trips, they took to clear their heads between takes. And this is the part I really like. Schultz explained to the son, we'd go out on the bikes and ride around, and when we hit some lights, we'd stop and sing a line back at each other. He'd say his line, and I'd say mine. It was like meditating on a bike. 
And then that's how the song Angela was written. You could have scripted it, but it was an amazing way to write. So out riding around bikes, taking breaks, singing this song, putting it together. I, I love how creative people work, man. It just, yeah. it's crazy, yeah. you know. It reminds me, of, I've been listening to a lot of Rush, but it reminds me of Neil Peart. He used to ride a bike a lot and do a lot of outdoor stuff and everything like that. So he drew a lot of inspiration from this kind of stuff, too. So I was thinking about that, that when I listened, read that. So anyways, um, for me, this is a seven. Like I said, it's still building oh, on man. me a little bit. No. It probably should be a little bit higher. It probably <laughs> should be. I'll give you that. You see, I didn't even put the boo thing on here. I didn't think I'd need to this week, Anthony. Come on, man. <laughs> I, like I said, some of these songs are still growing on me a little bit, and I love this song, too. It's a great song. Like I said, but I don't really, when I really like a song, but I don't really know where to rate it, I kind of give it a seven okay. because I figure it's a great song and I'm really enjoying it, but I want to have a little more time with it. And that's the way I feel about this song. It's a great song. Um, you know, the acoustic's great, the chorus, the sound of the song, digging the way it builds, everything I've said before, the transitions, the ebbs and flows. It's another one that gets the foot tap and the head bob. And it's a great song. And you can't go wrong with a song with some hand claps in it either. So, uh, um, right. I mean, it's probably more of an eight, maybe even a nine. I got a feeling you listen to this a few more times. You're going to bump this one. I, I think this is an album I'll listen to a few more this year. So, uh, yeah. it, it's definitely good. So, yeah. Okay. Give it a seven. Mm-hmm. It's a seven for now. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, the next song is a little ditty called In the Light. tell you anthony i think it's a little bit of a step down from the the first five songs we've had so far i do like the way it kind of floats around the track as far as that goes and right. i and i do like that and i don't really know i'm just gonna like hum it for you that dun, 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 and then they, and then they kind of like kind of go to like the down tune of the the right. piano i guess as far as that goes it's neat the way the like the chord progression in this song as far as that goes uh that said, I to me it's just kind of middle of the road, man. I, I can't go really? much more than a six on this one as far as that yes. goes. But hey, but man. I like it. It's not something I'd fast forward. I'd, I'd you know obviously let it play if I was driving down the road listening to it or something. But it's not one yeah. that I'd probably seek out either. So I think very good's fair for this song. I think it's a good uh, it's a good rating for this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Song facts on this one: 
Singer-guitarist Wesley Schultz told The Sun, In the Light is our blue-eyed soul song. It has this piano riff that comes in out of nowhere and reminds me of life coming into the room. It also has a Motown feel and a groove to it that the other songs don't really have. We couldn't have put it on the first record, but we felt good and confident about it for this record. It sets a new tone. So I feel like they were experimenting a little bit on their second album, which is nice to see. I like to see a band yeah. continue to grow and to try new things, you know. Um, it's another seven for me, man. I think it's another great tune. And everything I've said before, beat, vocals, the band sounds fantastic. Another seamless build, you know. And I feel like this could be a Beatles song around the time of Abbey Road or Let It Be. I could easily hear Paul McCartney. In fact, he sounds like Paul McCartney a couple of times on this song in that late era Beatles era. So yeah. I was thinking about listening to this one. That, that, but that's high praise. I'm sure he'd be happy to hear that someone's comparing him to Paul McCartney. So, Right. But easily hear Paul McCartney singing that. Everything you're saying there is making me kind of rethink this song a little bit. I mean, the fact there are song facts and he goes on and talks about it. And I do hear what he's saying with that kind of like soul bluesy vibe that it is, it's a none great of the rest song, of their but... stuff has. And I do appreciate a band that experiments. And I do get the, the Beatles comparison even as far as I mean, listen is. to Abbey Road or Let It Be. It sounds a lot like this kind of style of music, man. I think it's Let It Be. Is that that album, Let It Be? I think it was yeah, that I album. I believe so. Is their last so. one before they broke up? Yeah. Damn, so you're making me rethink it. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to stick with my six, but uh, I might have to give that one a few more listens. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to the next one. This one's called Gale Song. And I won't fight in vain. I love you. told you that uh, my sleeper of the week was coming this is it uh yeah, this is funny everything you say that that's funny you say that man this is gonna be your sleeper of the week <laughs> i don't know if it's my sleeper but uh, on the back half of this album this is the one that set out to me the biggest so oh man uh, this is everything a ballad should be i was about you know i hear ballad boy he's gonna have a field day on the back half of his <laughs> album uh man there's just like a hint of pain in his voice the way it cracks in this song haunting vocals just a song about lost love uh, I just and the, again the build, man. I mean, these this song's got a great build to it. It didn't just go over the top, but it didn't need to. It was understated the way it right. just kind of like floats at the end there, and, and he leaves it. Uh, Anthony, I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy named Damian Rice. He was like a musician back. He had a couple of hits about twenty years ago. He's an Irish guy. Uh, 
his I, I bought his album back when when it came out because I loved the songs he he had released at the time. But I don't know if the guy's done anything since. He's kind of like a one album wonder, I guess. Maybe <laughs> over in the UK, I don't know. But like over here, I've never heard of him since then. Got a song called "The Blower's Daughter," one called "Cannonball." Uh, I think I've heard "The Blower's Daughter" before. Yeah, you know it's it's this kind of music. He his vocals, I guess. Why I'm, the reason I'm bringing this up kind of remind me of Damian Rice a little bit on this. But man, great song. Uh, I gave it an eight. I think it's outstanding. I probably should have gone higher because I really do like it. But I'm giving it an eight. Yeah. Uh, song facts on this one: Wesley Schultz's interest in Susan Collins' Hunger Games trilogy was aroused by a Mockingjay pin that Patti Smith, or Smythe, was wearing at Clive Davis' pre-Grammys party. That's a lot of big names in one sentence. That is. Um, the Lumineers vocalist started reading the books and penned this fragile, slow builder about protagonist Katniss Everdeen's best friend and hunting partner Gail Hawthorne, Hawthorne who is also a romantic rival to Peta Mellark. Man, these names are killing me today. I was interested in his perspective. Schultz told Billboard magazine, He is a man in the shadows, left waiting in the wings as Katniss takes the stage with Peta. So I thought that was kind of interesting, little song facts. And I've never read The Hunger Games. I, I probably should at some point in time. I, I'll tell you, if you'd have told me this was about The Hunger Games, I would have said, nah, you're full of it. That's that's insane. Yeah, I remember the I, in the movie, the character, I think it was like one of those... Uh, Oh, what are those the Australian brothers who were like, so yeah. uh, one of them was married to Molly it's been Cyrus. A bit for me. I think that was one of the, I think that was Gail in that movie. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So again, song facts, take it up with them. It'll take it up with me if it's not true. So, you know, I'm just saying, putting that out there. Uh, you know, this, my opening note says on the back half of this album, this song jumped off at me the quickest. Not sure why, but I like the way the song builds and the simple nature of it. Again, the vocals, I just love the vocals and the passion in his voice. Digging the way the guitars and drums sound. It's a solid tune. Excellent song from start to finish. It's another eight for me too, man. It probably should be a little bit higher. Yeah, um, so I might just bump out to eight and a half right now because I, I think it's an excellent song. I mean, it, it's yeah. really good, man. It's funny. Probably my favorite song on the back out. half of the album as far as that goes. It's funny I jumped out at both of us like that because they're all that, very that similar. Build. That build in the second half of that song is just fantastic, man. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, good deal. All right, well, let's go to the next one. It's called Long Way From Home. Laid up in bed, you laid in bed Holding the pain like you're holding your breath I prayed you could sleep Sleep like a stone you're right next to me, but you're a long way from home. Hospital gowns never fit like they should. We yelled at the nurse, didn't do good. More, more. Last words you moan At last I was sure That you weren't far away from me So yeah man, this is a 
this tune, I'll tell you that if you read the lyrics, it's about as depressing as it gets. Basically, it's about a guy at the end of his life in a nursing home with without any family around him, I think. Uh, that said, it's very powerful lyrics, and it's something that can like move you emotionally as far as that goes. I love the the kind of guitar-picking style we've got here with this song. Mm-hmm. You listen to that, it's pretty complex. Now, I'm not a guitarist. If Jimmy was here, he might tell us how hard that is to play. But <laughs> It's in three-eighths, four-eighths time. <laughs> there, there you go, exactly. But, I, that, I mean, really, when you listen to it, it's like, wow, well, I guess it's Wes that did that. I don't know. He, he Very good job on that as far as that goes. You know, we didn't really introduce the band at the beginning of this, and I don't have it in front of me. That's, that's my I've bad. I've got a bio on it if you want me to read it but, off right quick. Pretty much there's three main characters or members of this band, right? And then the rest are kind of like background musicians. I know the drummer and Wesley, and they've got like a female cello player, I believe. Uh, I, th- I think they all kind of... We, we can hit that at the end as far as that goes. you read the bio off right quick? I got it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Since you're sitting here struggling like a floundering fish. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, man. I let you suck up enough oxygen for a minute. I was like, okay, it's time to I'll tell you what, let me let me finish this song and then I'll let you do your you give that. Okay. I gave it a seven. I think it's a very good song. I pretty much wrote all read all my notes and didn't like give the score on it. But I, I think it's a very good song. And I think so, honestly, I feel a little bad giving it because I think lyrically it's very good, man. I mean, somebody can write a song like that about the end of life in a nursing home and draw you in uh yeah man uh, very good i think no not very seven good, is great. great seven's great i'm yeah. sorry yeah it's it's a great song so i gave you seven. jimmy would be upset because he made the list so i'm going to get right <laughs> <out of it. laughs> all right man go ahead with your your bio if you want to there uh the lumineers are an american folk rock band based in boulder colorado that which really doesn't surprise me they sound like a no they're very colorado yes uh, the founding members are Wesley Schultz, lead vocals, guitar, and Jeremiah Freights, drums, percussion, and piano. Schultz and Freights began writing and performing together in Ramsey, New Jersey in 2005. Cellist and vocalist Nayla Pekarek, gracious these words, joined the band in 2010 and was a member until 2018. The Lumineers emerged as one of the most popular folk rock Americana artists during the revival of those genres. Their popularity growing in the 2010s, the band's stripped-back raw sound draws heavily from artists that influence Schultz and Freights, such as Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan, and Tom Petty. I can hear I all, all three that. of those guys. In I music. get all that, yeah. yeah. They are known for their energetic live shows and several international hit singles, including Ho Hey, which is a great song, Stubborn Love, Ophelia, Angela, and Cleopatra. The band has become one of the top touring bands in the United States, and is also popular in other countries. So it's a little quick bio. Yeah, Give you an idea that's good. We should are. probably do that at the beginning, but yeah, that's. that's I good, was man. going to, but I was like, eh, I'll do it at the end or somewhere around there. But uh, <laughs> we'll just do it in the middle, right in the middle of one of the. Just songs. do it in the middle. Hell with it, you know. <laughs> who cares? Let's just throw it out there. But uh, yep. what song are we on again? We're on. We're a on a long way, way from home. home. Trying yes. to scroll down through my notes. Um, me personally, man, it's another great song. It's another seven. Everything I've said before about the music on this album applies to this song. Just apply those tropes to this one. No complaints. And I dove into the lyrics a little harder. I mean, I dove into them hard. Um, I found this on mydeathjams.com. Okay, go with that. Um, I guess someone likes listening to death songs. I don't know. But uh, it says Wesley Schultz shared that it is a song about losing his dad. He died on 7707 at 707 a.m. Wow. Can't make that up. 
He said it was a pretty bizarre coincidence. Only a few days ago, it was nine years, and I hadn't really written much about it. I felt compelled to talk about him getting sick with cancer. He died from the same thing that took his mother's life. So I think I was just trying to process that. It was a hard thing to do, but I've been able to now play that live for people, and it's been really cathartic. So it's about his dad dying from cancer. And listen to the lyrics really close so you can hear all the... There's a lot of death on this album when you think about it, man. (laughs) There really is. Well, I mean, they're just... Yeah, you know, it's coffee shop band, you know. <laughs> and let me tell you, man, when, whenever whenever that happens to you in life, it's probably an outlet for them. They want to write songs about it. So I mean, you I lose someone that. close to you. You know, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's tough to to get through it. You know, and you got to just find ways to get it out. So there's a song it, by uh, Death Cat from Cutie called uh, "What Sarah Said." If you ever hear that song and you've been in that situation. The tears will flow, dude. I'm telling you, it's the most powerful song I've ever heard lyrically. I bet it's on that that list you were talking about. Uh, Probably is that some website, yeah. man. Death Jam. So yeah. I wouldn't want to Look sit here and listen to Death Jam all the time. First, <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I mean, it's 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 a powerful song. If you've ever uh, just look it up when we're finished, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. Okay, anyway, let's move on. Uh, Sick in the head is the next song. had to get it this week <laughs> this is flush of the week funny thing is man it's my weakest song to have too yeah. it probably should have been a bonus song uh you know what man and funny you say that well we'll get into that in a little bit. i was gonna say that there's a bonus there's like an extended on spotify and they got some great songs on that extended they could have easily like plucked one of those and and right and actually replaced this with a little more peppy song on this spot would have really enhanced this right. album uh, this isn't a bad song, and, and I'm gonna t- I'm gonna make this comment, and I'm gonna want you to look for it on the next song because the same comment applies. He sounds a lot like Bono on this song, and I feel like I he sounds a lot like Bono movie. on the next song too. Maybe you'll you'll pick that up on this. I want to kind of give you a, a chance to listen to that. For, I think they open for you too. I wouldn't be time. surprised. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, lyrically, this song's not very complex. It kind of just floats around instrumentally doesn't do much i mean i hate to do it because it's not a bad song it's definitely something i probably i wouldn't skip it you know but like yeah. it just kind of floats around it's the weakest song on this album i think i gave it a five it's good not much more than that again we're in the same wheelhouse man i gave it a 5.5 yeah. 5, so i guess we're thinking similar okay. um 
I like it. It's probably the weakest on the album. You know, no real issues with it. Uh, it's good and solid. Band again, you know, delivering like they always do, but it doesn't seem to be as strong as the other ones. Like I said, somewhere between good and very good. It probably would grow on me over time, but uh, there's something about it. It just doesn't really stand out as much for some reason. I don't know if it's his vocals or if it's his, the music. I don't know. It just it doesn't get up to the level of the other songs on the album. Yeah, I'm but not sure it's meant to. I think it's kind of almost like a, a like a, yeah, what would I call it? Kind of like a break in a way, you know, in the album where you just kind of like, I don't know, it, it just kind of check out and just let it kind of float around and then get back to the, could, the next song. Give me one of those songs where one of those guys were tinkling on a piano or a guitar and like, I like the sound of that. Let's figure something out around that, you know, mm-hmm. and like, well, we got this laying around. Let's just put it on the album and see what happens, you know, I mean. Never know, yeah. yeah. All right, so we're moving on to... And by the way, there is an outro on this. Uh, I don't know about you, Anthony. I'm not going to. It's just a little piano ditty there it's at the nice, end. So I'm not gonna, nice piano outro. It is. Though. So I'm going to consider this the actual last song on this album coming up. It's a song called My Eyes. What did you do to my eyes? What did you say to my only child? Promised you love, but you lied. You better slow down, baby. It's all or nothing to you. track that statement that doesn't sound like bono the, the previous song sounded like bono i actually hear bono in that one too a little bit but i think he sounded more like it in sick in the head as far as that goes uh but yeah with this one man it's a solid way to close the album uh it's uh instrumentally uh it's got like that little build the, the build never quite pays off i was hoping on the last song of the album it just kind of end in a big bang you know and it floats around i, I should have known that with the direction this album was going on in the last half there's definitely a demarcation where after Angela, it's all ballads, basically. And I know that's your, your wheelhouse. That's great. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, it's a it's a good... I gave it a six and a half. I think it's between very good and great. I'm, I'm not going much more than that. I don't dislike the song, but I do feel like they kind of missed an opportunity to kind of go out on a, on a high note. It, it, it's not a bad song. It's uh, kind of indifferent about it as far as that goes. But uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a six and a half. I'm going to leave it at that. Well, I'm at a seven, so we're again we're pretty close on some of these songs. Uh, I think only like one song we're really way off of each other. So yeah, I give Angela high marks. You kind of kind of poo pooed <laughs> that one, man. <laughs> I didn't poo poo, and I gave it a seven, man. It's a great, <laughs> great just tune. It. 
Um, it's a, like I said, number it's a seven for me. Back to another great song and a solid way to close out the album. All the tropes I mentioned before about these songs are here. Great build, amazing vocals. I like the vocals on this one a lot. Nice ebbs and flows. And the guitars and drums are on point. No complaints. Another great song among so many on this album. And uh, yeah, that's where I stand with the seven. Like I said, you know, if they had a move, imagine dropping Ophelia here or Cleopatra here. Yeah, just, I agree. Just doing some bonkers, like putting one of the gigantic songs at the end. Like we've heard before on some of these albums. And uh I agree, really send you off on a high note, but uh, no, nah, they, 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 I wish they would have reshuffled this around a little bit, but yeah, there's some great songs. It's just they're not in the right order sometimes. I, I agree with that. And that last song, Patience, is a nice little piano outro, though. I mean, it is yeah, a nice you know, little. I, I actually did grab a short clip of that again. I didn't score it, but I, I do have a cu- couple of comments. So I'm gonna go ahead and play that right now. tell you that that piano and, and it's not the only time we've heard that tone as far as that goes and right. kind of that like echo reverb sound that comes through on that uh it kind of puts me back in time that song does uh my grandmother on my dad's side uh she died when i was like eight years old so i have some distant memories of her and you know i'm close to 50 now so i mean that's you know a long time ago but she grew up on you know she lived on a farm down on the North Fork of the Holston River, you know, down kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And we go visit her every weekend. And she was a, a she pay, played piano in the, her church, you know, her little church down there. She played the piano and she was a pretty good piano player. And I think she even gave t- piano lessons to people in the area as far as that went. But she had this piano that was probably slightly out of tune and kind of had that very similar tone to this. And I think it's because of the way these guys again i don't know if they're in a hallway or what it is i mean you kind of gives that haunting echo i think it was done intentionally i think it was a brilliant move on these guys part because between his of course not on this song there are no vocals but he has some haunting vocals on this album and and that's not the only song that has that kind of like effect to it as far as that goes right and almost you know you listen to these guys and, and i think just americana in general as far as that goes it's not music for big cities or the coastal peoples. This is like a heartland music. And, you know, right. we, we have an Appalachian heritage, Anthony, and I feel like this almost can be adopted into that. And I think Americana in, in a large part is, and that's maybe part, part of the reason I gravitate to it so, so much. It's kind of like a music of our people as far as that goes. Right. I can hear that, uh, that music. I didn't give this a score, but I, I, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like, you know, I really need to, to grab a, just a little clip yeah, of that to kind of like present that and, and I don't know what kind of score to give it because it's nothing but piano outro, but uh, I really enjoyed it. And I think it's a great way to kind of wrap this album up as far as that yeah, goes too. Just kind of feel like the the music playing over the closing credits of a movie or something. So exactly, kind of, yeah, you know. Yeah. But this is also what I would call like a CD track. Hmm. If this was like back in the cassette or album days or eight track days, it wouldn't be on here yeah. because you you would have to have time 
everything would have to fill the time properly. And they wouldn't just throw this on. This is one of those things where in the CD generation, you can throw this little, little track on. So Good I was point. thinking of that when I was listening. So Okay. Well, you ready to get to the, the overalls, Anthony? <laughs> Go for it. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week. I think you did. I mean, I, I had a feeling this is something you would like. Again, I'll do respect to Jimmy. I don't think he would have liked this album, and that's kind of the – I wanted to do this, but I didn't want to aggravate him too much because I think he'd have struggled on the back half of this album. Much as like far me as with Alice in Chains, but exactly. <laughs> Except you're you're powering through, so good for, good for you on that. Uh, it's actually not as bad as I'm making it out to be. Guess good yeah, stuff and, on it. and kind of the reason I picked these guys is because they're very big in this genre. I mean these these are guys who fill amphitheaters and arenas, sell them out. You know. Anthony, I, me and you have talked about the band Camp before. I've always kind of really enjoyed those guys. Camp's seen good. them live. They put on a great show. Uh, their big break was going to be opening for these guys right when COVID really? hit. And, uh, wow. yeah, they were going to open like a summer tour of amphitheaters with these guys. And I feel like they're still going to get – they're going to come into their own because I really I enjoy those see guys. I see that concert, Camp and yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I And, honestly, one of these days we're going to see them, man, because I, I think you would absolutely love that show. But I had to point that out. I mean, these guys are about as big as it gets in this genre right now. As far, I mean, currently, as far as that goes, it's, it's interesting when you read the uh, their the people that have uh, molded them or what have you. They, the, you know, the you mentioned Bruce Springsteen and Tom Petty and people like that. That's kind of what this music represents to me. Right. Uh, kind of like again, Heartland salt of the earth kind of people it represents i know these guys are from colorado that's not exactly what you think of when you think of that but that music style in general definitely does you know i feel like this album was pretty front heavy as far as that goes and there was a demarcation uh between angela and in the light there where the, the rest of it just kind of falls into ballads and it's good but the first half feels more commercial as far as that goes there were a lot of hits on the first half of this album right. and the second half was a little more you know, I, I hate to say this. When I was younger, I was stopped at Angela and not less, listened to the rest of the really? album. And because of that, I would never caught Gail's song, which I think is a fantastic song as far as that goes. Song. So that's that's me kind of growing in my progression of how I listen to music now. So, you know, if anything, it's taught me listen to the whole album. You might there might be a few duds in the middle that that make you want to stop, but don't because sometimes there's some really good stuff on the back end of it. And I know that's more like now we got Spotify, so we just skip tracks and stuff. Back in the old days, you couldn't do that. Plus, the podcast has helped us to kind of that, grow exactly. Too. Yeah, but that's pretty much it, man. I, I mean, I, I gave this a seven point eight. I'm gonna round it to an eight because I think it's an outstanding album, especially for the genre as far as that goes. Um, yeah, man. I, I I hope you enjoyed it. That's kind of where I am. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, uh, Camp, by the way, is C-A-A-M-P, in case somebody yeah. wants to look for Camp. In case you guys are going out going, well, I don't see Camp anywhere. So <laughs> I don't know why they get two initials in their name, in the two A's. But we'll have to review them and thing. research it, man. And another band, I don't know where they fall, Dawes. That's one of my favorite new bands, D-A-W-E-S. I don't know if they fall into this music. They, or they, fall they into, absolutely do. Yeah, they're do right they, in mean, Americana. Talk about they, some passion, man. They toured with voice. Mumford and Sons back in the day and yeah. on a real big tour. And, I mean, Mumford's right at the top of this list, too, as far as, as this genre goes. In fact, when you were throwing out names, like, let's do some Dawes, man. <laughs> and you're like, let's try the Lumineers instead. I was like, okay. I want you to hear something new, not something you, you listen to all I the time. Know. That that live album that they got out now by Dawes, man, there that oh god, I can't stop listening to it. It's so good. Talk about passion in his voice. Oh my goodness yeah. gracious! 
Um, but anyways, yeah, man, I 7.55 for me and I'm going to round it to an eight. So it's, I think you and I on this kind of music, we're pretty similar the way we feel about things. That's probably why this worked for us both together. Um, you know, it's an excellent album from start to finish with no skippers and no clunkers. Even the one song that was a lower rated one for me was a solid tune and one that I wouldn't skip. Great pick. And I'm glad I had a chance to dive into this one this week. It's currently just outside my top five of albums for the year, man. I know it's not a all three of us together album, but I got to put it up high on my list for the year so far. I really enjoy diving into this one this year. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to give it an eight in the end. It's an excellent, excellent album from start to finish. No complaints. I'm glad you liked it, man. I will say they've got a new album out now that's really good. There aren't a lot of hits off of it yet, but uh, if you like this one, I'd recommend going to listen to that. Is that Brightside? Is that the name of that one? I believe so. Yeah, it's got like a. I, I saw that. Yeah, I don't really know. It's kind of got like a blue cover on it, and it's a, yeah, good, good album. Well, well, if anybody wants to, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug myself for a second. Songlines. I was gonna let you. Week. I was gonna throw it to you. Go ahead. <laughs> I wasn't sure if we were doing that or not, but I we we are. I, I'm continuing my summer of live. I don't know if you listened to the last one or not, Chris, but uh, just diving into the I did, actually. You got quite the email at the beginning of that. that congratulations. Yeah. 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 Occasionally get some emails, but uh, just trying to do something a little simpler this this for the summer while the kids are home. And I don't know. Anyways, that's uh, that's where we're going. Honey, what is it this week? Honey Dew is what I'm talking about this week a little bit. That's so. a fun song. I like that one. Yeah. And recommendation A Quiet Place One and Two. If you guys get a chance, Woo! I tell you what, man, that is on your seat intense. Those kinds of they'll make you sweat by the end of them. Those are highly, highly it, recommended, man. Is that Emily Blunt's movie? There is it. Emily Blunt and uh, Krasinski is that guy's name? Oh, she, his her husband, John Krasinski, both of them. Yeah, there? yeah, and they really? play husband okay. and wife. Okay, and, I didn't uh, know he was in that. Okay, interesting. Yeah. In fact, he uh, I think he did he direct it. I think might have. I know he wrote and directed the second one. But I'm okay. not sure. I think he directed the first one. Somebody else wrote the script for the first one. And Jim Halpert's getting dark, is he? What's that? I said Jim Halpert's getting dark, is he? <laughs> I, the dude, man, he showed up in uh, Doctor Strange as uh, spoiler alert. I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, but he played uh, Reed Richards from Captain uh, from the Fantastic Four. He just for a small brief cameo and. Hmm. The Fantastic Four movies, off on subject, I know, have sucked so far. But his appearance in Doctor Strange as Reed Richards, if he's in the movie with the new one coming out, it's going to be good. Okay. It, everything the guy does is good. So, yeah. you know, so anyways, that's just my little sidebar. I'm going to put that out there. They've been out for 2018, I think, was the first one, and 2021 was the second one. So, um, anyways, that's just good. my little spiel. So, <laughs> movie good. recommendation of the week, man. They're on Paramount Plus. Maybe we'll to check them out. Sounds and how good. Chris feels about Paramount Plus. So <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. I mean, sometimes you got to sign up for stuff to watch things you need to watch. So it sucks, the man. It There's so much streaming stuff these days. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up. How, how's it? Jimmy does this. Is it for, uh, for the Audible Legacy podcast? podcast? Yeah. This is Chris. This is Anthony. And this is and this it. This is it. <laughs> I was clean, Patra. I was young and an actress When you knelt by my mattress And asked for my hand But I was sad You asked it As I laid in a black dress 
With my father in a cast, I had no plans. Yeah.